This is Smarter Cars, a podcast about autonomous vehicles. This is the finish line. The Stanford Racing Team has made its way into the history books. But the most important thing for me is, uh, it actually doesn't matter who comes first. It matters that we as a, as a community achieve it. Early in a technology, uh, a thousand flowers should bloom. Welcome to Smarter Cars. This is your host, Michelle Kairos. Today on the podcast, we talk with Ding Zhao, an assistant research scientist at the University of Michigan. He focuses on automated vehicle safety and testing. Ding, welcome to the show. Hi, uh, this is Ding Zhao. Um, I'm happy to be here. Great. Uh, You are currently uh, doing some research at the University of Michigan. Can you tell us a little bit about your academic background and the areas of research you've been working on as it relates to autonomous vehicles? Sure. So I'm an assistant, uh, assistant research scientist at the University of Michigan. Uh, I'm affiliated with mechanical engineering as well as, as, well as a robotic institute. Um, so my research is about more focused on uh, self-driving, uh, connected vehicle, uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, this type of technologies. Great. And um, one of the areas of your research you've been focused on is uh, safety for autonomous vehicles. And so mm-hmm. I'd love to ask you some questions uh, about the, the, the issues around uh, how we can determine when autonomous vehicles are safe and some of the uh, standards we should use and how we should think about that. But before mm-hmm. we before we dive into that, um, perhaps we could just take a minute to talk about the very tragic uh, Uber accident in Arizona that killed a pedestrian. I assume you've seen the video that was uh, mm-hmm. released from the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a very uh, fortunate event. The 49-year-old woman was walking with her bicycle and uh, outside there's a crosswalk uh, mm-hmm. on a four-lane road, I think in uh, uh, Phoenix, so at night, but was hit by uh, the Uber vehicle traveling at about 40 mile per hour. Um, so the the police the police uh, said the car was in an auto, autonomous vehicle, autonomous mode, uh, but with also with the operator operator behind the wheel, but operator either neither the operator or the car uh, stop this, do anything before the uh, the collision happened. So it's a very unfortunate. Um, so the Uber has since halted this self-driving test in Arizona. And uh, obviously the DOT, Department of Transportation in Arizona was really sad about this event. And they also stopped the testing, stop Uber from testing in the state. So yeah, right now the National Transportation Safety Board is, oper- is opening an investigation about this fatal accident. So this is actually, actually this is the first fatal accident for self-driving car uh, in, in the world. So we are all waiting for the uh, NTSB's uh, investigated uh, report. Uh, but this, uh, we have also saw some videos online. Uh, it's about how the accident happens. It's dark, it's at 10 p.m. 
and uh, the pedestrian has a black uh, coat walking across the street. So yeah, there is a lot of details about this event, but we need to wait for the investigation from NTSB. Right. What would be helpful for your work and your research in the area of safety for autonomous vehicles? What what kinds of information would you uh, like to see from the NTSB uh, investigation that would help in your research? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, one strong information is, so we need to manage the risk of testing and deploying autonomous vehicle. So autonomous vehicle has a great potential to uh, prevent crashes and uh, uh, enhance the fuel economy. And uh, it can bring a lot of uh, economical beneficial and save lives. So they have the have huge potential. Uh, however, uh, we are still at the beginning phase of the this technology. So how to link the technology to the society is is a key uh, that actually decide how s- successful the technology will be. So uh, one my mes- strong message is there is a there will be a risk uh, for testing and deploying self driving car, and uh, uh, how to do that. So that's actually uh, is exactly my research and how to safely evaluate and test the self-driving car. And uh, it can even prove uh, what level it is and how safe it is before we deploy them on the public street. That's right. Your work is going to be very important going forward. Let's, um, let's move into some of the discussion around safety. Um, w- one of the initial questions uh, that we really haven't decided as a society we, is how safe is safe enough? What What is the level of safety that we should want for autonomous vehicles? If if you were in charge, uh, what, what level of safety would you want to see? Uh, well, so I would say at, at least it should be safer than a human to prevent crash than to increase to kill more people. So right now at the US, uh, we have 30,000, more than 30,000 people die each year on the, on the, uh, in the uh, traffic accident. So that's a, that's a huge number. If you consider how many people these days can be killed in the war, 30,000 people a year is a very large number. So that's why uh, the Department of Transportation as well as all the automotive company want to bring this number down, use all these kind of technologies. So autonomous vehicle is one trial. So we are we were very successful using uh, adaptive cruise control, uh, this uh, like AEB, autonomous, with autonomous, uh, autonomous uh, emergency braking or even the safety belt uh, in the history to prevent crashes. Uh, we were very successful and now we are kind of saturated uh, using these t- old technologies. And the new technology is a self-driving car. So I, I believe uh, people people say the self-driving car should be twice safer than human, three times safer than human. I think they are all good number. Uh, as long as the, we can have very strong belief uh, that self-driving car can be safer than the human, I think we should consider using it. Another benefit of doing that is because it's a machine. So it's very hard 
to train the uh, to to have a better education for the human at this stage uh, for driving because most of the crashes human in a uh, uh, like a uh, maybe have secondary task or they just get drunk it's very hard to educate the people to you know uh, to uh, drive carefully while he decide to have a drink and drive right so so but but the car you can learn from this accidents come from the disengagement. Uh, in, like for example, last year we have thousands of disengagement uh, report collected from uh, the state of California. Uh, so all those events, near miss, and the disengagement can dramatically help and increase the safety of the car. So back to your question, how safe is, uh, is enough? I would say as long as we have very strong evidence that the car can be safer than the human. I think we should study to consider about this technology. Uh, and actually, there are two ways to get there, to get a like perfect perfect world, perfect uh, transportation situation. One is incremental, meaning we uh, like uh, adaptive cruise control and AEB, and then uh, more driver assistance uh, uh, technologies. So gradually, we increase the safety. Another one is what Uber and Google, they are planning because they think, oh, human is too hard to model and predict and work with. So they keep the human uh, completely out of the loop. Uh, so the, the, the former uh, solution, I think we can deploy the car uh, quicker and uh, claim the car is already better than the human. So the, we should use the technology or the previous word is already better than the previous version. The lighter one, that's a fully level four house vehicle. I think we should wait a little bit more to have the evidence to to sure. really tell it is uh, safe. Right. So uh, the level. So you know, I guess one question that comes to mind, uh, especially now, is what level of safety we should need before we test an AV on public roads, even with a human safety driver, uh, you pointed out some of the issues around uh, humans in the loop. Um, obviously, when you, when you look at the cars that are being tested, they're not perfect AVs. Um, we're still relying on a human safety driver. Uh, should they... Uh, be measured in some way before they're allowed on the road and then when they're on the road and we see things happen should we be, consider them uh, to be a, a, a human driver standard or should we be measuring them against you know what a perfect level four AV may do in the future mm-hmm. okay so <laughs> okay yeah thank you for the question uh, for I think for the uh, to test the AV, there are a few ways. So obviously you can do simulation, and Google and Waymo, I think all of them, uh, Waymo or Google, Waymo or Uber or other cars, uh, automakers, they all use simulation to quickly accumulate a lot of mileages to test the basic high-level uh, algorithm. So that simulations, I think, should be done before we really use a car uh, to tell a, a car is, is 
is whether it's too stupid. Uh, on public, to go on public roads, yeah. Before before we go to public road,、mm-hmm. but even between the simulation and the public road testing, I think we should have this、uh, close environment testing. So for example, you am、uh, we have we have designed the Am City as the one of the first.、Uh, that's actually the first、uh, the testing track specifically for connected and、uh, automated vehicle.、Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so by using this kind of environment,、uh, we can test and evaluate the vehicle in a relative safe、uh, environment. So the the car,、uh, for example, you have a, a self driving car. The car will first drive to the M city, and、uh, we have designed a few、uh, variety kinds of tests in M city to test whether the car can survive、uh, from some some. A variety of types of scenarios, and the scenario could be simulated.、Uh, could could be use some real、uh, object, for example, another car or balloon car, or even some augmented reality vehicle. So by using all this variety of、uh, scenarios, we can quickly、uh, have an evaluation of the vehicle and say how safe it is, right? So then we, after we get this certificate, then we can assign, uh, like, uh, deploy the car onto the public road. So that will dramatically reduce the risk of the of the vehicle, rather than di- directly deploy directly、uh, deploy the car onto the public road. Right. So you're saying between using the computer simulation and doing some testing on closed tracks like at M City, that that combination should give manufacturers enough evidence that the of the car's safety that they can make a determination that it's okay to test on public roads. Yeah, that's a very good conclusion. But for、uh, sorry. But but for the real、um, for the for the deploy the real world deployment, also I think we need a very good strategy.、Uh, for example, probably I won't start from the downtown New York to test the the self driving car. I probably start with some relatively easier、uh, scenario. Or I don't I don't probably don't want to deploy the car right. In a in a snowy day at Michigan, where you you can now see you can you you can now see lane markers. You can there is you know very dark or very rainy, uh, it's rainy and icy night. So that、right. that is give a lot of risk for us. I think the car need to gradually test it and evaluate it, uh, from those environment. So public public roads testing. You're saying it, it, once the car is ready to test on public roads with a human safety driver, they should start out in kindergarten and then work their way up to college. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. So think about it when you when you work with your kids, right? So you teach them how to drive. Uh, would you ask them, hey, go to Chicago downtown or New York and deal with all these jaywalkers, those crazy taxi drivers? So you do you think that's a that's a best of Place to teach your kids for driving, right? So that's that may not be the the、right. ideal situation. Uh, yeah. So so that's probably you want to say, oh, drive on in your backyard or even some road just in front of your house, and then you there you get more you gain uh more and more confidence about your your child, and then、uh, you 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 can drive together with your child to some downtown area, small town. Uh, then to on the highway, so that's that's you know th- we have this always a how to say this always a trade-off between 
how much you can encounter on the road, or how quickly you can encounter safety critical on the road, and uh, also the, the, what's the risk for you to do that. So I think we need a very smart uh, deployment strategy to balance uh, how quickly we, we evaluate the car and how, well, how high is the risk. Great. Let's, let's talk about some of the ways then moving uh, into uh, testing AVs uh, as they get uh, more experience and perhaps getting to a point uh, where we can measure or demonstrate safety even to take the driver out of the car and for final deployment. Let's talk about some of the ways uh, we could demonstrate uh, that autonomous vehicles have reached sort of that level of safety. Um, I think you have said in your work that test methods for traditional cars are something like having a doctor take a patient's blood pressure or heart rate while testing for automated vehicles is more like giving someone an IQ test. I don't know if that's a direct quote, but I seem to recall that. Uh, can, you, can you explain your views on that? Right. Um, yeah, that's actually uh, the the reality uh, of challenge for testing AV nowadays. Uh, traditionally, we have very good SCE, the Association of Automotive Engineering. They have a lot of standards to guarantee and maintain uh, the safety level of uh, automotives. You know, automotive, we have maybe 40,000 uh, parts in one automotive. And uh, hundreds of chips in the in the one's uh, modern car. So it's already very compli com complicated system. Uh, how to? But but you see, most of the car only most of the uh, accidents, uh, like only five percent or six percent of the accidents are due to manufacturer failure, mm -hmm. and ninety six percent of them are just uh, human errors. So car auto the auto automotive industry has done a very good job to guarantee the safety of the of the car so what they do they have a uh, the standards and requirement for all the part all the you know uh, the criteria so this is like how you can maintain your body right so that's uh, all uh, when, when they test a vehicle they always test almost test as a limit uh, either the limit of the maneuver uh, the uh, mm -hmm. the um, controllability or the limit as as your robustness uh, or uh, uh, the robust of the part uh, how 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 long it can it can last mm -hmm. so this all feels like you have uh, maintained a very strong body but for self-driving car uh, I think the brains is the, the quite important thing so it actually not only to you give a command and let this uh, robot to to act. Moreover, so it need to make decisions. So uh, you know, a bad decision, no matter how strong you are, if your 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 mind is not clear, you still will walk and knock onto the wall. So, <laughs> right. So so when we test this guy, whether he can he can walk, walk, he can jump, he can swim, uh, we we need to test whether this 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 uh, this uh, person can whether they can think uh, like uh, clearly. So that's the the situation of self-driving car, and why testing self-driving car is so uh, so so hard. So that's actually not only the machine itself, but actually it's become how smart is the machine, how uh, reliable 
uh, is a machine. It's funny, you know, some people have suggested that we should just be able to administer a driving test like we do for 16-year-olds when they get a driver's license. Mm -hmm. And um, what what do you think about that is, you know, you, you mentioned testing at M-City and things like that. Um, is there any possibility that we could come up with a driving test that would reveal the IQ of the car as you're, as you're saying. Yeah. 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 So that's, uh, I think we, we must have some, this regulation for, uh, autonomous vehicle because, um, again, so if you look back to this, uh, the, the tragedy happened for the Uber car, uh, Uber is, I think we, we all believe Uber is very good company has very serious, very serious about this, uh, self-driving uh, car development. However, if we give this authority to any companies who maybe just launch one day, who made the, make the car in its own garage, and also we let this kind of car onto the public road, so it's, it's very unlikely we can bring down the fatality, but actually the fatality will, will really uh, go up, goes up. So uh, regulation, I think, is a must. But the question is, there's no doubt about it, I think, for, for in, in, the, in the field. But how to design a regulation, how to design uh, this uh, certificate system for self-driving car is still under investment. So uh, in my research, I have proposed um, so-called accelerated evaluation test, meaning uh, we collected the data from the real world, and this data can represent the real-world driving situations. And then we use uh, statistical techniques uh, particularly unsupervised learning to cluster those uh, those data or those uh, naturalistic uh, recorded uh, scenario into different key scenarios. So for for instance, I can say, okay, so there are like 10,000 scenarios that 99.999% you will encounter in your whole life. So this is all the situations you have. And uh, for each scenario, there is some variation for example, you, you can follow a car, but the leader car can drive up and uh, up, like a brake abruptly. So there is some variation for each variables. Mm -hmm. And uh, we can have some statistical description of these variables. And uh, by using this whole model, this tool, and uh, also the performance of a particular vehicle, we can adaptively give test to a self-driving car, just like how we test the IQ or how we test the GRE. I remember anything with the computer and the human. So uh, we give the test to a car and then look at how it, it responds. And if it responds well, we give a harder question. And if it responds not that satisfactory, satisfied, then we give a, a like a, a question in the same level. And then eventually the safety uh, metric converge. We'll decide. Okay, so this is your safety metric, and we'll say, okay, so how how good it is. Is it two times about the human, three times about the human? If it is, probably give a chance for this vehicle to be on the public road. And we also, we I also believe uh, we should also have uh, a requirement for the automotive or self-driving company to report their disengagement uh, because that also represent the the development of the car because it's a self-driving car. So today it looks like this, but tomorrow after a test, maybe like one year later, it may be smarter because mm -hmm. it can learn from history. 
from its uh, disengagement. Uh, so uh, all this should be taken into consideration. So it's uh, it's uh, not it's it's not a simple system. I say okay. So from drive from here uh, to A to B is a street street road or some curvy road and do parallel parking. Uh, it's it's totally it will be totally different from um, uh, the the human driving test because the the job the uh, advantages and disadvantages uh, are, are totally different between a human driver and the self driving car. Self driving car will never drink. You will never get fatigue. You will get never get fatigue, and you have very good uh, very fast response uh, rate. That's all. That's all better than a human. But human has its own uh, advantage because human can sense how other drivers will move and make very wise uh, and uh, subtle. Sometimes even subtle decision. But that's very critical in the later phase. And uh, so that's that's a difference between these two. So we I think we need to redesign all the tests. So use a current test for self driving. I, I don't think that will work. Uh, but I'll would redesign the whole um, whole scheme for self-driving car. Another also very important aspect is so for at the beginning of the deployment of self-driving car, the car still need to drive together with other road users, road users, for example, pedestrians, cyclists, and uh, other uh, human drivers. So how the self-driving car, uh, autonomous vehicle, uh, the autonomous vehicle can deal with the mixed traffics. It's also very critical. Uh, it's also very critical uh, uh, test or or uh, question. Right. So when you um, when you talk about how kind of a typical driving test for a sixteen year old isn't enough, uh, but you have in your research developed this accelerated evaluation system that would provide, in your view, um, you know, greater confidence. Um, can you explain why just doing uh, on-road driving or on-road driving plus computer simulation, I think in your research, you, uh, in the field, you refer to on-road driving um, as... Uh, naturalistic field operation tests. Um, can you explain um, why that's not enough or w what the inefficiencies are there? Uh, okay. So, yes, uh, why it's not enough? Because you cannot control the environment. Um, so, for instance, if you, you, you have one disengagement, disengagement uh, you know, during one of your, uh, your trip on public road, it's very unlikely you encounter the same thing and uh, at your own wish, right? For example, you have a rainy night and uh, uh, you have a deer just come across in front of your car and you, your car get become confused. Or uh, I, I heard another report, I read another report that uh, the kangaroo will is confused a lot, <laughs> uh, confused a lot, a lot of these uh, self-driving cars. Uh, so all this, you, you cannot control the kangaroo, right? So you, so you can jump here and jump to another spot. And uh, let's test whether the car can stand. So it's, it's really uh, a it's a, like a nature of the statistics. So if you describe them in a mathematical way, so if you use the, only use a naturalistic or public road to test a vehicle, 
it's more like what we call the Monte Carlo. Monte Carlo means you randomly sample things. You, you just uh, draw lots and you can now control what is the outcome of this, uh, what you will encounter in the next uh, stage, right? So it's a, life is a chocolate, you can never tell. Um, <laughs> so how, how many miles would you have to drive with public road testing then in order to uh, achieve your standard of saying better than human oh, driving? Oh boy, that's a, really a huge number. It's will blow, blow my mind. Uh, the RAND company, uh, the RAND Institute estimated to estimate uh, the, the weather, just to tell whether a car is safer than a human, you need to drive 11 billions, uh, 11 billions of miles. 11 that billion is a, miles, okay. Yeah, that, that, is, that is equal to use 1,000 drivers to drive 1,000 year in naturalistic condition. And computer simulation uh, alone doesn't, uh, kind of fix that or accelerate that enough. Um, in and what? Why is that? Right. Yeah. Computer is is very good. It's a it's a the maybe the greatest invention in our age. Uh, however, for a computer, the problem is you don't know. You don't know whether that is a, is correct or not. Right. So still, that's a it's like computer game. So you describe a world, and then you play within this world. You can play. You can make this world really simple and ideal, and but you don't know how close the computer uh, simulation is to the to the real to the real world. So we need some proof, and also you also don't know. Uh, for example, it's very hard to simulate uh, the, uh, the 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 weather condition plus the road condition plus the response of the human, mm-hmm. right? So that's how. We have a lot of uncertainties in the real world, and it's we need a large tons of data to uh, understand this behavior. And sometimes it's unpredictable. But computer, you can always run a program, and uh, and uh, uh, if the car learn from this program and become deterministic for the car. So um, I would say computer computer simulation, computational simulation, is is a, a step one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how close your simulation will match the real world when it's some, some intermediate uh, approach to link between these two and prove that simulation result is reasonable. Right. So with your your approach with accelerated evaluation, if I understand it correctly, you're um, basically trying to figure out the most difficult scenarios and then spend more time testing those as a shortcut so that you don't have to drive as many miles to sort of get the equivalent of a lot of real world miles driven. Is that right? Well, uh, roughly, um, I would say the the word difficult is not that accurate okay. because what, what if you imagine what would be the most difficult scenario for a self-driving car? Maybe a buffalo that run <laughs> jump in front of you from the bridge. Yeah. However, it's not very it's not very you know, useful, meaningful to always test this kind of scenario, uh, because it happens very rarely in the real world. So what we really care about is something that is challenging for the car, but also likely to happen. So you you need to combine these two together to get the the scenario you want to test. 
And how so do you difficult. Do that? How, how do you figure out what those scenarios are to test? Okay. So yeah. So that's based on the performance of uh, the previous test. For example, give a test to the car and say, see how this car will respond to this this scenario. So if the car can respond very reasonably, we say, okay, so the, the car is very strong in this aspect. But uh, uh, but also we, at the same time, we'll calculate uh, the likelihood or how likely this event will happen in the real world. If it is also very high, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll mark it. So say, okay, so this is, a, this is an event that the car may not deal with very well, but also it's, it, it probably will happen a lot in the real world. And then we sample around this this event. We give something similar to the to the vehicle to confirm our assumption. Until uh, we say, okay, so this event is is the car is very vulnerable to this type of event, and how vulnerable it is, we have a measurement, and then we can we conclude, oh, this is the event the car should pay attention, and uh, uh, and if you just use the current design you will have these difficulties when you encounter uh, this this event, uh, this environment. It's interesting because when, as humans, we sit around trying to think of what is challenging and what's a, a, a challenging test or scenario that a car might encounter, it may be that uh, autonomous vehicles find things challenging that humans would not find challenging and so it's almost it's difficult to know and so how do, how do you address that right so ex exactly so that's sometimes it's straightforward sometimes it's not you know we i can design a car that can deal with some very tricky scenario very good very well uh however you can feel almost always feel in the normal driving condition, right? It's uh, like a nothing, nothing, nothing around. I can still knock into a tree. It's very easy to design this kind of car. So, uh, but we need to tell whether the car has the problem or not. So, so that is always you. You need to think about how the car is designed, and also think about how to evaluate the car so that the flaws of design will not reveal in the real world. Uh, what we do is we are. We use this so-called important sampling. That is, we never find any sign that the car may fail. Or although it, it didn't have any collision, the car responds slowly, or the car responds is not not very properly. Then we say, okay, so there might be a problem for this kind of scenario. Then we uh, we use this so-called important sampling to sample the the situation similar to this situation according to the real world uh, uh, model, then uh, we, we can verify whether the car really has a problem or not. So that, that is a, that's a way how we can find out uh, this, how we can find out the, the critical scenario for a particular design. So there's a lot of mathematics, uh, methodology uh, in this field. It's, uh, it's a very hot field right now. Um, yeah, but, but this is a, essentially this is the idea. So how how much of a shortcut in terms of the efficiencies uh, that are gained would the accelerated evaluation be? I think you're saying, you know, you would otherwise have to drive real world, you know, billions of miles. 
if you drive a thousand miles using and use the accelerated evaluation techniques, what what would that equivalent be of real world miles that you feel like it would represent? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. So uh, it it depends. It depends. And also we are keep improving this algorithm. Mm -hmm. So it can vary from a few hundred to a few million right now. Why uh, we have a few Such hundred difference. thousand? No, a few hundred, hundred. times, okay. uh, a few million times. I so see. why uh, the number vary uh, varies because uh, that is how much potential you can accelerate. Uh, when I say uh, less a few billion, uh, eleven billion miles, that's for a human. Mm -hmm. So human actually have already done very good job. On average, if you drive, uh, if uh, any any human in the U.S. Uh, you need to drive 6,000 years to encounter a fatal uh, crash scenario. So it's, it's mm -hmm. not a very, actually, human already have done a good job. So you mm -hmm. for, for a, a self-driving car that is as safe as a human, there is a huge potential to uh, cut off those boring driving part and uh, accelerate. But for a self-autonomous vehicle, that is, very stupid. So <laughs> always have collisions. Uh, it's like a baby. It's very, very soon you will tell, oh, this car won't work. Mm -hmm. So that actually depends on how well the car design. Let's just say ideally, if the car is very well designed, uh, that is, uh, you know, it never has any accidents. So you you don't know how safe the car will be, right? So it's maybe 100% safe, but you can never tell how safe the car will be. Uh, so uh, I would say usually just Normally, a few, uh, maybe ten thousand times, it's it's a it's a good number, roughly for a reasonable design car. So you're saying, uh, with accelerated evaluation, you can achieve an efficiency of ten thousand times. Ten thousand to a hundred thousand. That's a current number, but we're also working on a more powerful algorithm uh, that can be much smarter so this is like a, it's like a, you have this uh, like a game series so you're playing with uh, so the self-driving car is trying to to behave like I'm the best and you you're like a professor so I can, I can find which part you're you're not that perform very well so uh, so our uh, we, are, we are working on the more powerful algorithm that can our goal is to try to finish the test in a week so on the on for example in M city to tell whether the car is safer than a human or not. So to do that, you we are we are redesign, we're rethinking all this method and redesign uh, the algorithm, uh, and uh, also we are designing the tools uh, to test our test vehicle, and uh, so that for example if the test vehicle drive inside M city, then we close the door and uh, then we have all kinds of traffic. So already, uh, it's automated vehicles. Automated vehicles, automated pedestrians, automated uh, cyclists will mm -hmm. come out and uh, interact with the self-driving car. And uh, we can do that days and nights. And uh, if, for example, if we can also simulate some of the weather condition, and then I think that the, the speed will be much faster. So the procedure will be accelerated a lot. So we are not, re we, we haven't reached that stage yet, but we are working very hard to that uh, degree. 
Well, I'm really glad that a lot of smart people are working on all of these angles. It seems like there's still work to be done, and uh, it will be so important for uh, companies having the confidence to deploy autonomous vehicles and also for consumers to feel safe that uh, that they are a technology that can be trusted. So thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us today. I really appreciate it. It was great talking with you. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks to Ding for joining us. And thanks to all of you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can find the show notes for this episode and all of our episodes on the Smarter Cars publication at medium.com. We look forward to seeing you next time.